Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first off-season episode of the USL show in this iteration. Hooray, we did it. Um, thanks to our sponsors for sticking with us through the year. Uh, Roughneck Scarves, your home for any scarf you could possibly need. And even ones that you didn't know you need, like custom ones. Um, check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. Also uh, brought to you by and... Uh, presented to you and uploaded by the beautiful game network podcast which everyone here is a part of so that's cool um bgn.fm on the interwebs and at the bgn fm um on the twitters go check all of those 900 podcasts we have out um speaking of having way too many friends and not knowing what to do with them um first person that you already know of um is uh, is Ryan Allen, the man that puts the show in the show notes, and he's here. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Evan. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good, man. How how are you? Uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Just dealing with some senior year stuff with ECU. Mm. Senior year stuff, like not wanting to go to class, and I know you're not of age, so you can't drink. But yeah, just just blowing off classes forever. Yeah, I go to class every day, but I'll be on the field for the ECU football game Saturday, so that's fun. Mm, nice nice your first mistake going to class anyway don't listen to me um also here uh someone that i bother through a hotline a bunch on his podcast over at speedway soccer pod uh i just call him slapey or slape other people might know him as john uh it's jonathan slape hi john hey evan how you doing i'm good man how are you not too bad not what too if bad. i gave everyone that asked me that question in return as a courtesy a different answer <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like, how are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm terrible, thanks. And then I just kept going. Anyway, the bit that could have been. Uh, also joining me, um, the only bull rancher in the tri-state area. Uh, it's, it's Joe from Raising Bulls. Joe, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you doing? Uh, no, you're supposed to give a different answer. You blew no, it again. No, but now I can't because everyone knows that. That's <laughs> I have to. I have to not. Uh, I'm. I'm fine there it's different but it's not different enough there you go uh also i don't know who well um because he's not sure if he's a part of last word on soccer or um back chat show anymore i don't know if he's a part of either of those things anymore but i mean it's one or the other uh our our, our better sounding because of his accent uh friend it's it's mark turner mark how's it going uh i'm actually with nine organization this is jake edwards from the usl have i told you that the usl is the second largest is the largest second tier professional soccer league in the world uh you uh yeah yes actually but it's okay because sir it is an honor to have you man i can't wait for people to hear the audio of this and not know that you're not jake edwards because they won't be able to tell the accent's different it'll be great it'll be great i should have just been like oh yeah it's jake edwards i would ask you how you are but i um have you heard? Okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And uh, and also joining us, it is the um, the talented half of, of the Orange and Black Soccer cast. Thank God it's not Dylan. Uh, it's it's Ray. How's it going, man? Uh, everything's going great, uh, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for letting me join you guys on this no uh, amazing show. Uh, and yes, uh, I probably, I guess I'll say it, I'm the better half of the, or the You're more entertaining the, half. The much the clear better half. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... Dylan's, no, Dylan, Dylan's a great guy, and he's uh, he's he uh, jumped on some pods, and and he's very knowledgeable. So, uh, we're a great team. 
any time I can give out to him, and I only do so because he does it to himself, so I feel like I have permission, and, and that's <laughs> all I need in life. Uh, anyway, guys, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, there was a game that was played on, uh, on Thursday. Really? Um, was, yeah, I, there I, was. I, I didn't notice it. I, I was driving home from work and going uh, to a soccer practice here in the West Coast, so... Yeah. Uh, your reigning and defending USL champions, Louisville City, are now reigning and defending again. Um, 1-0 win over Phoenix Rising from uh, the University of Louisville, Lynn Stadium. It was a Luke Spencer goal in the 62nd minute. Um, I guess just overall thoughts for whoever wants to start. I don't really have a preference. First off, I just want to bridge with the suggestion that it was a soccer match. Yeah, yeah. It was very. Um, it was a very Eastern Conference match for Louisville, which is exactly what they wanted to play. Um, I think you heard both coaches and and a lot of players and even you know some media throughout the week say you know the Eastern Conference tends to be a little more physical and and less open certainly than the West. Um, and I, I think you know credit to John Hackworth maybe for drawing this one up, but you know. A lot of guys got stuck in. Yeah, I mean, it was a definitely it was definitely a physical game from from the offset. I mean, I think there was a couple instances fairly early on where the referee could have gone to his pocket and carted a couple guys um, for some pretty harsh and strong challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, having watched Nashville play uh, at Slugger Field three other times this season, it was nice to see that field at the University of Louisville. It's a much better playing surface. I mean. I- no, it was still a little rough from previous U of L games, but I mean, it's just nice that it wasn't on Slugger Field. Yeah, Jonathan, and you were saying with the kind of um, just how rough it was at the start. There were a combined six yellow cards on the night, and thirty-five fouls conceded from both teams. So it was definitely like a lot more fouls than what either side would typically be giving up in a match. That's so indicative of what Louisville had done all season. (laughs) They play really, really physical, and they they basically just try to knock teams out of their rhythm, and and it worked for them. It worked for them all the way through to the final. Well, it doesn't help that uh, Phoenix tends to go down quite easily. We saw that in the Orange (laughs) County match. And and the the U.S. got to see it in this uh, this final match as well, as as a lot of players, even Drogba, goes down quite easily, uh, which can be frustrating as an opposing fan, but Mm -hmm. it didn't help him. Yeah, for sure. Um, they also missed a couple of pretty good chances, if I'm honest. Um, they, I don't know if deserved. I guess I'll say they they deserved a goal out of it. Um, and maybe they did, but tell you what, um, Brian Ombi was just burning down either side of the field on either half, and they did not have an answer for him, which joined the club in the playoffs, apparently, because if Brian Ombi is, is on a... Um, playoff team he's just gonna tear you up for 90 minutes or, or about i think he did get subbed off late but you know that's a guy that just puts in a shift and puts his head down and, and runs for days is brian was brian the guy to be most most likely to be a club bouncer yes yeah I, yeah. or like a pirate <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he was more <laughs> and at the other end of the at the other end of the field it's, Phoenix seemed to seem to struggle together, and it was cohesive in attack. And I wonder if they're challenged all season long. I mean, it seems ridiculous mm-hmm. to say in the final game of the season they're still struggling to determine who their best attacking line. It does 
does seem to be an embarrassment of riches, which even mm. though they made the USL final season long. Yeah. Well, I, I would say a, a big issue for Phoenix in the match was missing Cortez uh, there in, uh, at the top. Uh, they've gotten used to his his ability to hold the ball and and, um, and help create and allow Drogba to be a little bit more creative back there, and that was a big miss for them uh, in the match, uh, definitely. And even Drogba wasn't safe from it. He ended the match with a yellow card on his own. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. His tweet, he's not done, apparently. I mean, there was still that uh, Louisville City fan when he was walking out who shouted at Jarga that your career ends in Louisville, Kentucky. That was probably that was probably <laughs> the biggest right? You think when they, he started his career when he was flying over in Sanford, Bridge that he didn't picture that yes. moment? <laughs> that was it. It all goes uh, down in Kentucky. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, when Drogba coming back now, uh, uh, we'll get to hear from the Phoenix fans complaining that when other clubs uh, use Drogba on their advertisements for the matches, because apparently they hate that. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> come on, like it's it's Didier Drogba, guys. It's it's a guy that everyone knows. Definitely, uh, Ryan. You have you do stat things. I know people know this of you. Um. <laughs> You have you've put out a top five best teams in USL history, which I know in the USL show chat privately we've been a little upset because you you really shouldn't do this because you know teams have played different amounts of games and the level of competition has greatly improved in you know from last year this this year it seems let alone you know from ten years ago or whatever but you did put together the five uh, best teams in in quote unquote USL history. Um, would you care to to rattle them off? Yeah, sure. And of course, a disclaimer that these teams have played an uneven amount of games. And like Evan was saying, that the competition quality has definitely improved and changed over the last, even since 2011. But it, as like the top five best teams in USL history per ELO ratings, it's been number one is the 2016 New York Red Bulls, two. Then you do a 2017 Louisville, 2018 Louisville, the 2050 Rochester Rhinos. And tied for fifth was um, 2013 Orlando City and 2018 FC Cincinnati, putting Cincinnati as this year's Cincinnati's team as the best team to never win a title. I think that's on their their crest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a star. We played three years somewhere else, and we're not going to tell you where, so you can't see how we did. <laughs> Certainly not a star on their crest. Well, don't. See, there's always next year. Uh, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No, there's not. No, guys, it'll be cool. They'll finish like third in MLS because they're right there with Atlanta United. I promise. I had I had this discussion about the 2016 Red Bull team. Obviously, a team that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, sure. uh, with Cincinnati fans during the season, <laughs> and like to try to to make that comparison is so difficult uh, because. It, yes, I know that uh, there were loanees that came down to the Red Bull 2 side mm -hmm. uh, from MLS, but they were few and far between on that championship team. Yep. A lot of academy players that uh, cameoed throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati still... had an embarrassment of riches <laughs> that were boasting that squad. So uh, I, I think it's at a different level. 
I mean, Adi was being paid 1.9 million, which is more than what Slauson was making with the Galaxy. I'm positive that was more than the entire 2016 Red Bulls. <laughs> um, guys, are we? Does anyone else have any thoughts before I get into some news that I'm going to try to burn through? Are we talking about thoughts on the match or? I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was going to get into each of your teams respectively in a bit, but if you have anything on, I guess, Louisville or Phoenix or the playoffs or Ray, whatever you want, man. Well, uh, I want to say props to the fans for Louisville and uh, mm. and Phoenix. I mean, they both showed up and they were loud. You could you could hear them on that, that broadcast. Yeah. You know, here in Orange County, we experienced Phoenix, the Phoenix fans firsthand at our stadium, uh, although I think the, the numbers were bloated on their end. Uh, but they're still an amazing fan base uh, on mm. both sides, and it was great to see. Uh, I think Phoenix, uh, the big issue with this match, and uh, you know, it's something you could probably have expected, is the the cold up there in Louisville at the mm. back. Uh, you could tell, uh, you know, some of these shots just shooting uh, high from Drogba and, and the others out there. Uh, that cold was uh, a big factor for them. They're used to playing in warmer weather, uh, and that definitely, uh, I think, hurt them in this match. Uh, but you know, props to Louisville. It was it was great. And, that one, that one run um, down the field. Uh, darn it, the name is now the, the guy you were talking about earlier. Only, yeah. yeah. That yeah. one that made down the field uh, and got by two defenders and almost had it if, if, yeah. if the LAFC Loney didn't uh, get in there at the last moment. It was, it was. Mm. Amazing. No, I mean, I think just my final thoughts is, I mean, it was a, it was an entertaining game, and I think it was a good. While it was early, especially on the West Coast, I think it was a good showcase for. Um, USL as a whole and the brand mm-hmm. as a whole, um, and it is. I mean, it is good, good to see the Louisville. I, and I, it's so hard to hate Louisville City, uh, at least in my uh, dealings with them. Their fans are just so nice. Um, it's just one of that. It's just one of those teams that it's hard to. It's hard to really hate. Um, so hats off to them, and you know they recovered from you know losing, uh, losing a coach in the middle of the season um, to still you know to only finish I think two points off their total from last season. Yeah, um, I mean, to echo what you said, really great organization. I have not had a bad interaction with anybody over there, uh, which is awesome. Not that I've really had any with anybody in USL, but um, really quality guys. Uh, I would love to give a shout out to Brad um, Estes, or Estes, the the president, because what he's put together um, is... I don't think admirable does it justice, but I'm struggling for another word. Really impressive. I don't know. Um, unparalleled almost. But uh, for him to come in, obviously to put as much money as he has into into USL, which was not the safest of investments at the time, I wouldn't think. Um, and he gets rewarded with his uh, with his four trophies, and you know, two of those are big ones, and back to back at that. So um, good for him. You know, they took a little longer on the coaching search than I think they would have liked, but, um, Hackworth has done very well, which good on him. Um, and you know, just the, the amount of quality players that they're bringing in and everything like that, it's, uh, they're definitely a, a top class team for sure. And I'm very happy they'll be out of that baseball stadium. Dear God, um, the sooner the better. 2020. Yeah. It's not soon enough. Right as, right as we leave them, we never... Unless we get to face them in an open cup, we'll never get to play in that stadium. That's not a bad thing. We'll avoid it in our well, is, actually. Yeah. Anyway, um, hearing nothing else. 
I'm gonna burn down some new. <laughs> Go for it. Um, speak, speak now or forever hold your peace is the theme of the night for for my fellow uh, hosts and and podcasters here. Um, I will move on without you, much like uh, Jack in Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Too well, I, I could have done one. Um, There's room on that door. <laughs> there was there was so much there was welcome to the usl show the ti- the titanic podcast what are we doing this off season i'm glad you asked we're talking about the titanic um imagine how many people we'd lose or are losing currently who knows we're gonna find out um real quick usl are they getting ready to launch a titanic 2 yeah that's true I, actually i don't yeah. know if you saw it but it came across it's now going to be called titanic league one uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Titanic 2 doesn't sink, it's not realistic. I'll, uh, there I'll are no more icebergs. I get an assist true. on that one, right? I get an assist on that one. Uh, it, yeah, that was good. Uh, speaking of League One news, see what I did there? Uh, hmm. A couple things. Uh, the Madison team is going to announce their name and colors and branding on November the 18th. Get ready for that one. If it's forward Madison, I'm going to fly out there and punch somebody. Um, I like their colors. It's good, but the name is awful. The, the forward Madison name needs to die in a fire. Um, <laughs> every time I told former Wisconsin Badger Mike Catalano that that was their name, a he would forget about it, and b his reaction would just be Jesus Christ. So that's all you need to know. Um, colors other announcements. Fine. What's huh? the colors, colors are great? Are, I love the I colors. Like blue and red. Um, other League One things, Lansing Ignite is announcing their manager this Wednesday, the 14th. And uh, the Chattanooga Red Wolves have signed Stephen Betty Beatty from the uh, the League of Ireland Premier Division, from uh, joining from Cork City. So, um, has, your, has your Europa League experience, has Champion League experience against uh, League of Warsaw. Um, I know a thing or two about old Irishmen and what they can do for a, a, a team in a, in a lower league in the U S and that's not a bad place to start. So I'm excited for that one. Since I know you guys don't get to talk about it a whole lot. And before I, I figure out what we're going to do on this show about league one, does anyone have any thoughts about like the branding or any of the teams or any of the roster moves or anything about that? I want to see more, uh, like you were talking about Ford Madison, right? I want to yeah. see more like minor league baseball style no, team names, no. like the Muskrats. No, <laughs> no, 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 Swamp Dogs. No, no. The Isotopes. Yes. The Isotopes. The Isotopes. The Isotopes. The Isotopes. I guess probably, my, one, my one thought on, you know, League One as a whole is, you know, these are smaller teams, and I, I know League One is meant to be a little cheaper to run, but with as spread out as they're going to be, I just feel like that's a lot of travel for some of these teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's reminiscent of, two, of 2011 USL. Yeah, very like very much so. It's just I, I just feel that, you know, it's going to be expensive for a lot of these teams. And some of these, like, some of these cities are not easy to get to. No. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... uh. It's difficult to get to, to some of these random cities, uh, smaller markets, mm. uh, and, and I could see that becoming trouble for some of the the clubs, especially the newer ones coming in with, uh, you know, a little bit less experience on this travel that uh, that sure. is involved on post sports. Sure. Uh, but it's neat to have some of these smaller cities and smaller markets uh, as far as being a fan and mm-hmm. 
uh, getting to experience those because it's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least minus the West Coast, it seems like the East Coast sides are all kind of grouped together. I mean, you have yeah. Madison, Lansing, Toronto up in one part, then you do um, Chattanooga, Greenville, South Georgia, and then to kind of Tolton, Orlando. In that part, Richmond is kind of in the middle. They'll be have travel partners with Penn and Rochester. It's for the Eastern Conference. It seems fine. And if you're gonna have one team travel a bunch, and and not, but like having the Phoenix Rising affiliate be the one to do most of the travel might not be the worst thing in the world because I think the first team, the first team of Phoenix Rising can kind of some of that cost. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, bring back Antigua. <laughs> no. no, bring back the Austin Aztecs, please. They're in Orlando. I know that. Well, yeah. I said the A word about about soccer. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Just fault. Rebrand them the Bold Aztecs. No, 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 no. <laughs> bold God, that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just change it. Uh, um, I really need like a like a uh, I don't know. Um, Fort Worth uh, italics. <laughs> Man, El Paso locomotive. They're, if they're going to go off all the Russian names, they might as well choose other parts of Russia. I'm looking forward to Seska Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, El Paso got a nice, uh, nice plug last week from uh, Beto O'Rourke, who was the day of the the day of the <laughs> election. He was rolling around in a, a lo- locomotive El Paso hat. There you go. And then he said a bad word. <laughs> because, you know, heaven forbid. Should, uh, anyway, Titanic and politics this offseason. Yep. Get ready Such for it. Amazing topics. Religion. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hit none of and all of the hot button topics at the same time this offseason. <laughs> We're going to start conversation about them. I'm going to make a hard pivot, and we're going to stop talking about them. <laughs> Let's start in like Ooh. 1982 and go through all the best picture yeah. movies that didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh man, this is awful. Uh, guys, Ottawa's Maxime Crepo is your goalkeeper of the year in in USL Championship news. Well, well um, deserved. He's a good player. He's a very good player on a not very good team. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 15 uh, shoutouts for the Fury, and they still miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's unreal. Well, it's not his fault. He's one stopping goal, so it kind of is. I, all right. <laughs> I mean, what I'm was kidding. in front He's of him was not, was not great. He's still a very good player. He's still a very good player. I was kidding. He was injured for a part of the season as well, too. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. 31 appearances. Yeah, so the two or whatever that he missed, he was injured. <laughs> you want to play every game. Math. Is there any? Uh, was there any indication or anything from the league that showed like how the awards are chosen? I, I just, I've always been curious on that. I know uh, that's been a discussion, a discussion in the past. Yeah. So, um, what is it? The the Golden Glove and like obviously Golden Boot are just like purely statistical. Um, the goalkeeper of the year, coach of the year, defender of the year, all that stuff are um, independent media vote. So okay. each. Um, yeah, Crippe had 39% of the vote. Okay. Yeah. Each uh, each team nominates a 
like beat writer essentially. Um, and at the end of the year, the the league sends out a, a chart or a like a survey, um, and they take your top three for each category and go from there. And then they give it to Didier Drogba. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number of year award in USL is Didier Drogba. Um, yeah, and then uh, the other one that came out, Force Lasso, is the Defender of the Year, which um, not surprising. I think the second time he's won. Yeah. Well, at least Cincinnati won something. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. They did, including their shield. That's true. They did win the shield. Shields don't count. Oh, in America. I don't, get, I don't want to get into this discussion. Let's say we talk about that. There's a very pointed reason it. I said it don't count, and it's because one person on this podcast. That's right. I, I think you'll find but I, 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 I take what I could get. There's there's almost never any hope for the Red Bulls in the playoffs, and so <laughs> you cling to what you have. Mm. It's like being uh, uh, a battered spouse. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that Cincinnati will one for the Red Bulls in the playoff, I want to say I'm sorry for the 2008 MLS Cup final as a crew fan. Oh, don't get me started. <sighs> Welcome to airing our grievances. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be oddly therapeutic for everybody this offseason. I'm looking forward to it. There's a good USL connection to that, though, because John Wolinek scored the goal in that match uh, for the Red Bulls. The only Red Bull to ever score in the MLS Cup final. <laughs> Is now coaching the two team. Yep. It was holding stuff up center. Yep. Then the Home Depot center at the time. That's right. Man. You know, like when people around you know way too much information that you don't know, <laughs> and so you feel bad that like you're the driving force behind this thing <laughs> where like people think that you know what you're talking about? You know, you know what I mean? That seems way too specific. Maybe, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know who I could possibly be talking about, um, but maybe me. Uh, anyway, uh, other news we got here. What else? Um, oh, yeah, this is this is a, a fun one. Um, Cordovez leaves Richmond for Memphis nine hundred one FC. Um, links up with the forward battery and current Memphis nine hundred one FC president Andrew Bell. Um, Cordovez, uh, five years with Charleston, seven goals and 24 appearances this year uh, with the kickers. That's a good pickup for him. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like Bell's working his former battery connection. I wouldn't surprise me to see other either former battery players or current Force battery Lasso. players we just move on to Memphis. And then and I'm just most looking forward to the Memphis 901 versus Reno 1868 match. It's such a terrible name. I just got to get that out there. <laughs> the crest so is clean. The, the crest is great, but like either be Memphis FC or 901 FC. You don't need both. Oh, 901 FC. <laughs> also, can I air another grievance? Please. <laughs> the Memphis 901 scarves don't need to be $40. What? Ooh, $40. $40. Wow. You can buy a house in Memphis for $40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Hello, people at Memphis who may or may not be people in Memphis who are totally listening to this podcast. Um, one, uh, I disagree that your scarf should be forty dollars. Two, I also disagree that you can buy property in Memphis for forty dollars. This is me, Evan, speaking. Um, I'm not saying that you should send me a scarf now that I know how much it costs. Um, but like, 
Maybe uh, get in touch with our friends. Roughneck scarves. We can do better than forty dollars. <laughs> but every scarf you buy from Memphis, it makes you part owner of the team. So. Oh wait, no, does it? Because like I'm trying to meet Tim Howard real quick. <laughs> you just need a majority, so. I was building up really good karma within the league this year too. <laughs> Tear it all down. The and Titanic. then Ryan was like, "Hey, can I tell you these scarves are forty dollars on air?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can apologize that I no, listen, on that thought you that, that needed to be said because that's insane. <laughs> Especially when El Paso scarves are only thirteen ninety nine. Whoa! All right, now okay. Y'all need to talk to each other, Memphis and El Paso. I need I need them to play each other and have it be called like the scarves should be affordable derby. <laughs> no, that that should be the TFO for the El Paso supporters group. It should be. It really should be. Our scarves are affordable. <laughs> wow, well, Evan, you you really should uh, take up naming derbies. I should. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Edwards. I appreciate it. <laughs> We're sticking with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I mean. That being said, I am looking forward to you know the games against Memphis next year, which with him being, you know, a short drive down the road from here from us here in Nashville. Jonathan, why didn't any team in Tennessee want to be called Ten SC? Yeah, now that you're here, we can ask you. That. <laughs> I don't know. So I I don't know if I've sent Evan the picture. So one of the local breweries they did brew a beer called Ten SC IPA, and the, <laughs> it's a it's a hop and a soccer ball. All right, but is it good? It's actually very delicious. All right. Well, then good. I'll try it next July then. I'll allow it. Uh, oh, Indy 11's big news uh, today, which, uh, okay. Uh, Martin Rennie is, is back. Um, Brian Cook did a, a janky Twitter live stream and said that, you know, he didn't think there was any reason for Martin Rennie not to be back. And I agree. Yeah. Um, you make the playoffs. You get stomped by Louisville, but I mean, you know, everyone else did that this year, so. Yeah, no shame in that. And yeah. I, it, I, it's not like he did a, a poor job. I thought they looked well organized. They defended well. You saw a lot of what uh, you want to see from a lower division East Coast team. It's mm-hmm. They're defending first and, and looking for those opportunities, but uh, it, it makes you wonder why that had to be an announcement. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> Well, you got to gotta stay relevant in the news uh, with all the other great news going on. <laughs> hey, yeah, we're true. still here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, Indy? Hi. <laughs> we have a team. <laughs> the coach is back. <laughs> is, that, um, is that a recording from the press conference? Uh, that is what Trey Hickman sounds like. Exactly. They just did it from a closet at Lucas Oil Field. <laughs> they did it. Oh my God! Imagine if they did it on the field and the whole stadium was empty. <laughs> the echo would be amazing. They have eight wins at Lucas or at Lucas Oil this year. If the Colts won all their home games, they'd have the same number. See, I mean, what more? What more can you ask? So I don't think that's happening. I, the Colts are like four, are like six yeah. and three at the moment, or something. a big move by jake edwards to try to invade on on football by going hey we're just as good as this yeah the colts already lost at home <laughs> never mind oh all right yeah see twice than that. um i think that's all i got right that's it is that it can that be it yeah we're good all right great. Cincinnati logos out oh i should whatever yeah. who are they ryan <laughs> this isn't the mls show 
They're not a part of this team. All right, well, that's a decently fair shout. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, whatever, guys. Uh, bad or not? It's we'll pretty bad. All right, yeah, great. I don't like it. Okay. You use two different blues. Oh, no, wait, no. They really? Did. Oh, yeah, no. It's an Addy typeface. It's different from the shield. Yeah, it's, it's a navy and a royal blue. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nominate my Microsoft Paint Job logo. For... They use two different blues. Like, I can't. You're just this is why you don't let a local design firm in Cincinnati do your logo. <laughs> Was it that... like the, 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 the... In other news, there's a great opening for design firms. In Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sad thing is, so they used Interbrand, and Interbrand is a global company. But they yeah, I was going to say, aren't they technically Italian? Well, yeah, Interbrand, because they did the Juve, uh, rebrand. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Um. So they did the Uve rebrand, but they just used their, their people in their Cincinnati office for this logo. Well, it's yeah. So if you want to work for Interbrand, um, and move to Cincinnati, <laughs> it's a total retro-looking logo. And and I thought the retro, the retro thing was like ten years ago uh, when all teams were trying to go retro. I think that's sort of past. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it looks like a generic said it football like an oil can logo. logo. <laughs> I can see that. Like from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. It's like a logo you'd find on Ultimate Team. I mean, all the for all the Italian Serie B teams were all generic logos, so maybe that's the connection. <laughs> I believe it. Um, gentlemen, the the ulterior motive for bringing you here because I figured why not start this now? Because at the rate we're going with the amount of teams we have, this will wrap up right around the start of the season. Um, is to get some exit interviews out of the way. So, um, in no particular order, um, I suppose, uh, Ray, I'll let you start things off with, with Orange County. How Sorry, was your you... year? <laughs> uh, you know, the Orange County season, I think, went uh, beyond what most people expected before the season kicked off, yeah. uh, including, I think, a lot of the fans. I mean, we knew we had a pretty decent uh, group of players and, and a, a coaching staff that we were excited about, but... I, I don't think anyone could have envisioned, you know, one or two goals away from reaching the the finals. Mm. Uh, you know, albeit, you know, the home match would have been stolen from us, which that's a whole different topic of what's you know been talked about in the past. Uh, you know, a great group of guys on the field, on the pitch, uh, a bunch of great uh, players that combined. If you looked earlier on the season, midway through the season, towards the end, there was a lot of growth in the chemistry. Uh, Thomas Innovolton and Michael Seaton definitely built up a great chemistry throughout that season, and uh, it showed towards the end there when both of them were just continuously scoring. Uh, they they built a very strong team, brought in experienced players to make a push in the playoffs, which definitely helped. Uh, and, and props to the 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 staff. I think there was a recently an article, uh, I think in the LA Times, which is very rare for us here uh, in Division Two soccer. We get very little. Um, yeah major media coverage, whether it's television, newspapers, whatever. I mean, our podcast and a couple blogs are really the main mm. uh, source for news. Uh, we learned, I think, in that article that the front office staff grew from like 3 to 30 uh, since Mr. Keston uh, took over the club. So mm -hmm. you could see that 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 growth with this team and, and what they've they've been able to do uh, and re-signing of players, which has been amazing yeah. uh, as well, and coaches. Uh, so. Yeah, for for anyone that paid any attention to uh, the LA Blues to now, 
is is night and day, which is awesome. No, definitely. Uh, you know, <laughs> my partner Dylan is, uh, you know, goes a little bit further back as a fan back into sure, the, uh, sure. the the OC Blues days. I, I watched a few OC Blues games, but right. really it wasn't until the season that I really got into the team. And a part of that was, I mean, again, no one knew, knows or knew about that team back mm-hmm. then. It's still hard to get people to know about this team nowadays. Uh, and, uh, you know, anyone that follows us on Twitter know we had a, a wonderful back and forth conversation with some amazing Phoenix fans that listen to our podcast, by the way, which I, I want to say again, thanks for listening, even though if you didn't like it, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was great just to sort of try and share with them it, what it, what the difference is here in Orange County compared to other places around the country and how difficult it is to get fans to continuously come out and spend money in Orange County yeah. when you have two of every major sport, two major colleges, beaches, Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, you know, San Diego's a, a, a stone's throw away. Yeah. Uh, Vegas is five hour drive. So there's just so much for people to do here. It's difficult. So, but the growth that this, this team saw throughout the season, uh, the uh, growth in fans uh, and even the supporter group itself. I mean, you mm. can see from the beginning of the season to where it was on that last mm. match, it was night and day. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to next season. Cause we think uh, with what we're bringing back and, and what the ownership has showed, I mean, we're going to probably have something strong for next season as well. And then final question before I let you off the hot seat. Uh, one player to look out for for next year. Um, difficult to, to sort of pick a player when you don't really know what your full roster is going to be. Yeah. But the one I'm going to um, – uh, Aiden Quinn would be the obvious one that everyone sort of already knows about. But I'm looking for an even further breakout for Michael Seaton. He's mm-hmm. a very young player. He's uh, got some great pace. He's really uh, strong, and he gets in other players' heads. We, we saw that throughout this season with some uh, stuff, and even in the playoffs where you had some of the players just getting a little bit uh, – uh, you know, frustrated with with him. We saw that in the St. Louis match uh, when uh, I think it's Tony Walls got the red card yeah. uh, in that match. So I, I think he's going to be the one that we're going to look for a big breakout even more so than what he had this year because he just has tons of potential. Uh, and, and I think he's looking for a way back into MLS. Uh, so mm-hmm. what better way to do that than have just an, another amazing season, season in USL and yeah. continue that growth as a young player? For sure, um, young young Jamaicans impacting this league a plenty um, <laughs> the last couple of years, which is um, really cool to see. I, I love the growth of that Jamaican national team, especially they've been really yes. formidable in the last couple of years, which is awesome. Um, I'll stick in the Western Conference. Mark, uh, give me or sorry, excuse me, that's that's not your real name, uh, Jake Edwards. Give me the rundown on Colorado, Colorado Springs. <laughs> I know, I know. It's hard to you know. You can't really play favorites as the guy that runs the whole show. But uh, for whatever reason, I've decided that you should give us the rundown on, on this. Well, this would be the first time that Jake Edwards has paid any attention to Colorado Springs. <laughs> <laughs> but why break with tradition? Hey, I'm eating tacos right now. All right. Great. I'll come back. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Um, he's a, guys, you laugh. He's a busy man. <laughs> oh my god, this is my favorite podcast. No, uh, I'm craving some tacos now. I know. Yeah. I just ate, and I really could use some. Now we got to get into like, where's the best taco? Where can you find the best? Taco? Oh, it's true. We have to. Oh my god! But we all have to like mention like local chains that no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> like it can't just be like oh Chipotle. Taco like it's got to be unquestionably the best taco place. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Like bottom of the barrel, like hole in the wall Mexican joints that no one's gonna know outside of like five people. <laughs> um, all right. Well, because Mr. Edwards is terribly busy, um, I will actually uh, counter back to myself and say that I skipped some news, which is impressive given that it's about Bethlehem Steel. Um, and usually any excuse I can get to talk about this team, I take. Um, they're going to play other games in Talon Energy Stadium in Chester, Pennsylvania next year, home of the first team. Um, because U.S. soccer mandates the, the field that you play on, if you're a Division II team, has to have stadium lights. Uh, Goodman Stadium on the campus of Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, does not have stadium lights. And um, they were on a waiver uh, to play their this last year um and then the usl revoked that or, or it expired uh they've been looking around for i guess a year and a half now um to try to find a uh, a site in the lehigh valley and there's nothing that they deemed uh, uh, that would be ready in time for 2019 um what's weird is they're going to try to play two games somewhere in the lehigh valley at a site to be determined um probably because the usl is going to have to sign off on it um what wouldn't be surprising to me is if that site ends up being what they kind of renovate and turn into their permanent home, just because if the league already goes, yeah, that's good enough to play two games, I would think that you wouldn't have to do a ton to make it D2 certifiable. Um, am I mad about this? Uh, I'm. It's going to make it a lot easier to play some of these academy kids in a way i think and and the guys train in chester and everything all week as it is um so i mean in, in terms of organizational headaches there's probably a little bit less of one but at the same time you've done a pretty good job of building a nice little fan base in lehigh valley and those people are probably um inconsolably pissed off right now which is also fine um the league didn't really comment other than the, they totally think that the search up in the Lehigh Valley is genuine and that the union are actually actively trying to find something. Um, it's just anyone that's been up there knows that there's not a whole lot of spots I can think of off the top of my head that are going to be ready that don't involve, you know, demolishing a field or buying a bunch of property. So, um, And I don't want them to play on a baseball field. That's my big... Did Steele ever consider just putting lights at uh, Goodman Stadium? Uh, I mean, so... I can't feel that like that's uh, terribly expensive. Right. So there, there was two kind of things that they were thinking about with, with Goodman, or I guess one thing. Um, but the one is that the, the athletic director in 2016 for Lehigh University was actually like brand new, and he really wanted stadium lights at that football field for their football program, if nothing else. Um, problem being, the president of Lehigh University has been there forever, and the AD wasn't going to pick that battle over lights. He felt there was, you know, other things that were a little more important than lights for the football stadium. Um, so that was kind of out of the option. The other thing that I heard was that they were thinking about using Lehigh's soccer facility as it was, um, just because there's stands and it's it's a nice enough field. And, you know, you can always pay like $200 and put new stands up or whatever, like temporary risers. Um, only problem with that was that they'd have to build an entirely new locker room. And no one wanted to pay for that, so um, yeah, it's it's a it's a little tricky. Um, but it'll be nice to see them play on a soccer field that's not getting ripped up by a football team in the second half of the season. But overall, I think one of the things that that highlights is, is the MLS two teams 
and the challenges that they face for perception is to try to grow their own fan base and have uh, fans attached to that team uh, without, I guess, maybe the um, the understanding that so much of what they're doing there is about developing those players and having them closer to home is going to help right. a lot and being able to, you know, even send down players, uh, you know, uh, in a... Um, a more organic way or, or just a quicker way uh, will help the Philadelphia yep. Union. But that doesn't help uh, Bethlehem Steel. And I, I wonder what that's like for those fans. Red Bull 2 don't have that problem because they don't have fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I especially think because it's interesting because I feel, I mean, just as an outsider, someone who's not close to the organization, but seeing mm-hmm. that Steel have built a brand for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't choose to go to the route of you know being union two or something like that. Right. Um, it definitely has to you know hurt for those fans that you know yep. spend time and energy into that team. I mean, when they when Steel was here this past season, I mean there was probably you know fifteen twenty people that came down um, to watch them play, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know not that I have to say it. Uh, or hopefully I don't have to say it, but no one um, at the union organization, especially given the growth that Steele had, I think this year in terms of results and player development and, you know, attendance, no one's happy that this is what they have to do. You know, for as much as, you know, saving on travel or whatever, Joe, like you said, and like, you know, with Red Bull too, it's a lot easier to just have everyone in one spot. It, it it just it looks a lot better. It makes the league look better when there's more than twenty people there. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not that I have to say it, but uh, to to do a little bit of courtesy um, from talking with people in the union organization, no one's happy that this is happening. There you go. Um, John, tell me about Nashville, man. So, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna preface this by saying that probably I was one of the more pessimistic people uh, with so how our season like turned it. out. <laughs> from from the rest of our team but um i mean i think based on expectations going into this season as a new usl team was you know qualifying for and making the playoffs um it was in any search situation it was never pretty soccer um i mean for those of us that are familiar with uh gary smith um he doesn't play uh all out attacking uh attacking soccer i mean we all remember the 2010 MLS Cup final, um, but at the end of the day, the defense was strong. We had some some good performances. We were really anchored by Matt Pickens and his uh, veteran presence at the back. Um, we went through. We did. We beat a pseudo MLS team in the Colorado Rapids in Open Cup, which was um, a big thing for for the organization <laughs> at the time. Uh, and uh, you know, we we just struggled to score goals all season. Um, we had a pretty good home record. Um, but just struggled at home. I mean, struggled to score goals and struggled to get some of the smaller teams uh, away. We did try to rectify that with, you know, bringing in Brandon Allen, um, who started strong and scored a couple goals right at the beginning, and then, you know, really dropped off uh, the face of the earth for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, he did. He ended the season pretty strong. Uh, he kind of carved out a niche as a super sub role, which I don't think he is probably happy with and a role that he wants to play um but in the last couple games of the season um he was coming off the bench and scoring pretty consistently um 
so all in all, first time was first organization, first year as an organization. Um, there's definitely some things that, to learn from, but all in all, um, a, a pretty decent result. One person you'd bring back this next year. Um, so from what I understand, a lot of the players are on two-year contracts. Um, so that's uh, something that's I think we're going to see a lot of the, a lot of these a lot of these starters um, come in. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Alan Wynn does. Um, he started off he started off hot, got injured, you know, toward the beginning of the season, was out for a little bit. Um, and it was his first year as professional, so looking to see what he can bring. Looking to see how Lebo Maloto bounces back from his uh, gruesome injury at the end of the, end of the season, mm-hmm. um, and then looking to see what happens with Rapapa Mensa as well. Yeah, fair enough. Also, always driving the Balalak and Yodi hype train. That guy is an absolute monster. Bull is great. I miss Bull. Um, Joe, talk baby bulls to me. All right. So, obviously, you know, we were just talking about this in terms of what uh, what the focus of that organization is and its player development. Any results are, are just pudding. So, being able to get to a conference final for the last three seasons, that's fantastic. But what I wanted to see this year and what I did see was the continued improvement of players uh, from last season and a couple of really bright spots that came into the team this year. Uh, starting with players that improved, Hassan and Dom, I thought, had a really difficult summer, but by September had kind of figured out his role uh, mm. in a way that he had never done before with, with the organization. And uh, with an eye to the future, knowing that the uh, Tim Parker contract situation is not settled, uh, Aurelian Collin is very likely out after this season. Fidel Escobar, uh, who is likely not going to be getting playing time uh, here, is likely going to move. So Ndam has a path to the first team. And to see him turn it around the way that he did, I think is really, really encouraging. Another guy that I, I was really big on uh, heading into the season, and he continued to to show grit and determination and uh, really what I think uh, it means to be a central midfielder for a Red Bull team, Andrew Tenari. Uh, he was pushed into a very unfamiliar role further up the field, and he played that, that number 10 spot in a way that um, is not a beautiful uh, playmaking uh, player. But he, he did that thing that I love so much about him, which is forcing uh, defenses and, and opposing teams to make quick decisions by just closing them down. Not necessarily getting in tackles, but just forcing them to make a decision uh, faster than maybe they're comfortable doing. And then on the other side of things, uh, they've got a couple of guys that I think were fantastic this year, uh, namely Jared Stroud, mm. who, you know, I don't think a lot of people coming into the season had expectations that he would be a starter, let alone a standout. And as you know, a lot of other guys were going down, he really uh, stepped up in a big, big way, uh, starting by just assisting so much uh, in the early parts of the season, but then kind of finding his form as a goal scorer uh, after he scored the most fantastic goal of the season off of his face. Goalkeeper yes. cle- cleared the ball into his yes. face. You can't have an easier goal as a player. Yeah. I, I was upset that that wasn't <laughs> for goal of the year. Right? It, crying shame. No. Uh, but, you know, John Wolinek and Ibrahim Sagaya uh, just continue to to 
churn out these fantastic players and help them transition into their their pro careers. And mm-hmm. I could not absolutely be happier with how they ended. And I think that uh, coming into the season, if you had told me that they would make the playoffs, I would have been very happy uh, to see them t- achieve what they did on the road uh, over the last month of the season. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do, uh, obviously, someone that you'd want to see back next year, but is there anyone in the academy right now that you're like, hey, play for Red Bull too? Yeah. There, well, there's a couple of guys that have spent time uh, with the team, but uh, have uh, been a- unable to uh, continue because they're going to college. Um, Marcelo right. Marcelo Borges is one of those guys. I think he's a fantastic left back. Uh, I thought that he was somebody that they would sign this season, but it did not happen. He's in the midst of, I think, his senior year now. Uh, so I would expect him uh, next season to be stepping up with the team. And then Kevin O'Toole, mm. who could also play on either side of the, the, the back line. And given the way that... Uh, uh, Ethan Cutler finished the year. I would think that they're going to be looking for for outside back help. God, they're entering college yeah. now. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's happening to Ryan now. Um, yeah, I, listen. There's uh, and and Joe understand how much this means coming from uh, me. There's a scarf over there. Um, there's a reason Red Bull are the signpost for doing this. Yeah, they... because they do it better than anybody else, and they've consistently done it better than anybody else. Um, of, and I love Hassan and Dom. Oh, good. Because he's like a cocky center back, and it's my favorite. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, I'm going to shut down Fernando Adi. And, like, <laughs> and then he did it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a really like, fun guy. When we interviewed him last year, to hear him talk about what he came from uh, playing uh, soccer without cleats or shin guards and right. kicking around trash to learn how to play uh, to what he's accomplishing in the U S is, is fantastic. And it's a great story. And uh, with Red Bull, I think a, a huge narrative for the organization is that they've decided to stop spending money. Uh, and mm-hmm. what that looks like from the outside is all right. They're not bringing big name players, but they are spending a ton of money in the Academy and yeah. they're getting it right uh, across all those levels. Supporter short is proof of that. Yeah. That's, look how many guys uh, that played major roles with the USL team yeah. that are now you know starting with the national team. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, seriously. Um, Mark, are you are you back? <laughs> I couldn't eat that tacos have... that fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me let me provide some context here. Sure. I was rushing back to get back from work. I was already running late. I already promised the show i already cancelled twice in recent times so i felt bad so i thought okay i've got to get on the show but i hadn't had dinner size to the listeners and it's unprofessional of me to be unprofessional on a podcast (laughs) mark (laughs) you you were listening to the rest of this podcast with everybody else you know that we don't really for as much as i come off as the the professional one on this show I'm really. I'm just good at talking. We talked about Titanic earlier. We did. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. It's tacos. There are more important things than me, and tacos is up there. Oh, and they were good too. They were they were spicy, all homemade, spicy pulled pork with homemade coleslaw as well. Beautiful stuff, man. Beautiful. (laughs) 
Anyway, um, who am I talking about? Carl Alice Brooks. That's right. <laughs> so, um, oh, gosh. This is the last show of the season, so I've really got to make my best effort to put up some kind of a positive spin eh. on the Colorado Springs switchbacks. Two th- no, I can't. So, 2018 really represented disappointing season to date. The team's been around since 2015, and every season, statistically speaking, has gotten progressively worse. The team actually registered its lowest ever league position uh, this, this season, 11th. The fewest net number of goals that it's ever scored. Uh, collected its slimmest points haul, uh, 39 points, uh, having played two more games than in any season previously. Mm. And registered their poorest points per game at 1.1 per game, 1.3 was their low in 2017. Um, the only statistical silver lining really was column. Uh, we only conceded 39 goals in 2018, which did represent a pretty significant improvement over our previous low of 2017. So not much to get excited about. I do cover this more extensively. I'm going to go ahead, just very briefly. Last guy posted today. And last word on soccer, so I'm not going to give you all the URL details on soccer. You'll find the article detail there about summarizing the season and then talk may or may not return uh, in 2019. Hmm. Yeah, the the big one that, that leapt out, and I think... It was towards the end of the season, or maybe just into the postseason. But uh, did the uh, Colorado Rapids affiliation officially get announced at any point, or is that still just a rumor? No, actually. So there were two big announcements for the switchbacks in the last couple of months of the season. Uh, the first is that a purpose built is being constructed in downtown Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So the switchbacks will move from their current home, which was a it was an existing stadium which they sunk three and a half million dollars into bringing it up to USL standard. Uh, and it's eastern side of the city, and it's kind of out of the city. So convenient for some. It's where a lot of the population is 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 in town. It's an area of the city that's growing really rapidly. But it's not the most convenient location to get to. So the new stadium will be in a much more convenient location, assuming you can find some place to park downtown. The other big yeah. announcement that you're referencing recently is really what the 2000 the stadiums 20 we can't get things up as quickly as phoenix apparently so right right there you go <laughs> um the other big news that you referenced earlier is really going to be the talk of 2019 which is this tale of two cities in that colorado springs will from season become the formal affiliate team of mls colorado rapids yeah so be becoming the two team or a reserve youth team or jury still out. Let's see what the relationship actually looks like um, when way. But for right now, the per the press conference to go, the position that both teams are taking is that this will be a true relationship. Uh, the Rapids will no longer be affiliated with Charlotte mm-hmm. instead of 
instead of you know sending people across to the east coast uh, getting on for about a three thousand mile round trip i think they'll instead be sending people one hour down i-25 is compete in the usl uh, at uh, altitude which should mean that when they return to the rapids not only are they match fit and have the competitive legs under them mm-hmm. but they also should uh, be you know their lungs and everything should be conditioned as well for yeah, uh, the high elevation yeah and and <clears throat> not to make this the mls podcast but um the rapids are a team that i think needed to have an affiliate closer to granite charlotte and colorado was like maybe the word like one of those one of the two remaining just like awful affiliate deals which it was you know the Rapids in Charlotte, which I think goes back to like the Charlotte Bobcats days and some people in the front office there. Um, and then uh, the other one that was just terrible was New York City and San Antonio. Um, and Wilmington. Which I'm convinced. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, sorry. New York City FC and literally any affiliate they've had. Um, yeah. Those are only on paper affiliations. Right. Um, but yeah, no, especially for, I mean, for both clubs, it'll be, hopefully, it'll be mutually beneficial if it's done right. Um, just because you know the Rapids need a shot in the arm in terms of ideas for getting players and and you know the switchbacks to have those guys a little bit more at their disposal if it's if it's founded on mutual respect and an understanding that you know the, the Rapids have some guys or some academy kids that need to get some minutes that have some promise to them I think it'll be really good for for the switchbacks and and could see them shoot up the table in the West a little bit for sure. I mean, I think that's well, that's really been. That's really been the question is the it's obvious what the benefits will be to the rapids, right? right? right. Yep. What will the benefit what will the benefits be to the switchbacks mm. and will they feel oppressed by their new overlords? Right. But yeah. if you look at the more <laughs> if you look at it more broadly, um, biggest challenge is not what's happening in the league table. Their biggest challenge is one of finance. The yeah. Colorado Springs market in the USL behind Reno. And there simply isn't the funds to support. They, they they barely have the funds to support a good starting eleven. There certainly mm. isn't the funds to create a deep roster that'll enable you to make a run into. Well, firstly to get to postseason, which we haven't done right. in the last two seasons, and then to actually make a deep run at it. So you know, if you looked at the switchbacks last year, you guys will have noticed that you know you, when you travel, you can have seven guys on the bench. We never had more than five. Mm. That. That was a financial decision. Mm. So having access to additional players who should be at least of USL quality, if they're Rapids reserves, they should at least be of USL quality, will help the switchbacks uh, save finances, which can then be redirected into their contracted players, which should enable them, hopefully, to bring in more guys of caliber of, you know, Jordan Schweitzer, a Shane Malcolm, a Josh Suggs. Mm. Mm. Although Suggs has just left, and I shouldn't have said that because now I'm starting to cry involuntarily. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if some of the starting players for Colorado Rapids are USL quality. That's also a first <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was... Ouch! Yeah, not a great team. Um, yeah, no, those... I mean, man, insight is a is a hell of a drug. Uh, and, and Mark, you always bring that... Sorry, Mr. Edwards, you always bring <laughs> Man, I should have dropped that gimmick like an hour ago. I'm sure I'm going to get a text message tomorrow. I'll be like, man, come on. Um, yeah, Mark, appreciate it. Um, I'll I'll save my Bethlehem grandstanding for when uh, when Phil and Kevin and Pony are here, and we can all just kind of do that uh, as as a as a podcast, and we'll title it. Don't listen to this if you don't want to hear us. You know, uh, <laughs> glad hand ourselves for an hour. Um, 
we'll get out of here. Uh, before I get into where you can find the show and all that fun stuff, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask all you gentlemen politely where people can find you. Um, Ray, where can people find you on the internet and where can people listen to the, the wonderful um, recent-ish addition to the podcast network, the Orange and Black Soccer Cast? Uh, really quick before I get into that, I just want to say um, hopefully everything or uh, everyone heard the news, big fires in, in Southern California. Yeah, yeah, I know we like to make fun of Las Vegas uh, Lights FC, but their coach, Eric Winalda, did lose his home in those fires, which uh, whether you like to joke around about what teams do on the field, it's still, you know, uh, when people are dealing with that. So I just wanted to, you know, wish the best of luck to him and his family uh, and anyone that's been impacted by those fires. Luckily sure. here in Orange County, we're not too close to those, but uh, I just wanted to just, you know say my you know my best wishes for him and his family and for mm. anyone else impacted by those fires uh, as far as our, our show you can find us on our website orangeandblacksoccercast.com uh, or if you don't want to type all that in just type in ocscpodcast.com you, you can follow us on twitter uh, ocsc underscore soccercast uh, search for us on facebook uh, orange and black soccer cast we also have an instagram account that we barely utilize <laughs> at this point uh, we're trying to work on that it's just one of those things that's a little bit more difficult when you're mostly at a computer and right uh, instagram requires you to use more to phone uh, you can follow my personal twitter if you want to hear from me dj ray samora or my co-host dylan at o, uh he's at ocsc underscore dylan uh, for all of our wonderful orange county soccer um, club news and there shows um Slapey, where can people find you yourself or your podcast on the internet? Uh, so you can find our podcast. It's an, another one of the part of the Beautiful Game Network, uh, Speedway Soccer Pod. Uh, you can find us on you know Instagram uh, at Speedway Soccer and Twitter at Speedway Soccer, and you can find me at J Slape SSP um, for all of my soccer ramblings. Uh, you don't want to find my actual personal account, um, but yeah, no, check check us out. Give us a follow. I love that this is. <laughs> discreetly turned into plugging our Instagram even though uh, guys the reason the USL show doesn't have one is because I, I look what can I possibly show you guys nothing well, so I mean it's I my rig I gotta it. to Ben who does all of our uh, social yeah. media um, the young one of the group so well Evan you could you could go and uh, model all those wonderful scarves you have in the background on it's, your Instagram account that would be damn it that's a really to do that <laughs> You're ready for the USL show calendar. It's me, Topless. <laughs> we need to get you a Speedway soccer pod scarf. I love that scarf so much. So much. Um. Anyway, I'll stop. I'll start fan. I'll stop fangirling over it. But it's really good. Uh, Joe, where can people find you or your podcast on on the internet? Uh, you can go to RaisingBulls.com. You can go to. Uh, if, obviously bgn.fm this is where this is <laughs> uh, you can find me uh on twitter at raising bull cast that's one bull raising bull cast uh and uh you can follow my written work and uh my team's written work uh at red bull news network rbnn.us uh, we got a whole stable of writers writing about mls usl and the academy and more even uh, the global teams yeah you uh you for all that talk about raising bulls, you actually just raise really good writers to write about stuff. It's I I, I can't take credit for those guys. They found uh, me. They were already good. <laughs> uh, but I'm giving it to you. All right, all right. It's I'll a gift. A yeah, thank you. <laughs> Don't you compliment me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, if you ever want to know who's from the Northeast on these podcasts, look for the people that deflect compliments. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm glad I get to make jokes to another tri-state area person sometimes. Uh, 
Ryan, where can people find you and your? Well, no, I'm sorry, you're not a guest. You're here all the time. Uh, Mark and no, I'm just Mark. Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, people can find me in Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, outside of that, I. <clears throat> I actually handed Backchat over to a couple of Martin and Paul who do a fantastic job. Backchat is still on Beautiful Game Network. And if you want to check out what season, uh, I believe we're on Twitter at Backchat Show. And yep. I occasionally guest on the show, but those guys are doing an awesome job without me. Where I spend most of my time is Last Word on Soccer, where you'll find my written articles. And easy way to get to those, again, is through my Twitter account, which is at Al, uh, Al W O S underscore cos so l w o s underscore cos there you go thanks so it's hard to uh, review on yelp uh, oh <laughs> um i hope that a lot of people search owl like the bird <laughs> the untrained ear not knowing that that was l like lima um how am i supposed to say that of all the well, things not, i say not, with, because like it's an accent thing you're picking was... me up on a letter, really? <laughs> <laughs> is that trophy that, that Louisville City has made out of aluminum? It's probably not aluminum, but I, I have I have Jake Edwards on speed dial. I will shut. Well, yeah, you're all British. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> oh man, um, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me online at ilm underscore Ryan on Twitter true i've been there um if you uh if you aren't tired of me yet and for whatever reason want to read what i write instead of just uh hear me speak every week follow me on twitter at speak evan speak how about that see it's it's a good bit of branding if i'm honest um if you want to subscribe to this show a couple ways you can do that go find us on itunes stitcher um listen if you have a podcast thing and we're not there let us know we'll get there it's not a problem um, you can also just find us, uh, theusshow.com is our website. Um, also there, you will see a box for our Patreon, patreon.com backslash theusshow. Totally optional. Please stop giving us your money. Um, <laughs> it's the reverse, the reverse <laughs> plan. Um, uh, you can also find a box for our friends at Soccer Loco. It's, it's uh, uh, orange and blue, but if you're colorblind, it's gray and gray. Um, click that and you can buy literally any soccer thing you can think of cleats uh, jerseys all that fun stuff go check that out um, say hi to DK while you're there um, yeah other than that um, thanks again the Roughneck Scarves and the Beautiful Game Network podcast for um, it, helping inflict this podcast on you every week um, thank you to, to Ray to Slapey to Mark um, to Joe Ryan thanks for hanging out um, guys it's been a pleasure we'll talk to everyone next week I know we only have one rule here but I like everyone to follow it don't be a dick. Take care, everybody.